would you rather have to bite your own tongue off or gouge your own eyes out? And this is me assuming you gouge so hard that you like get to your brain. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go all in if you're doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Take the eyes. Man, that's brutal. I, yeah, I feel yeah, like I, the tongue. I feel like just knocking the. Just... I feel like in, you know, Western Europe in the 1500s. Yeah. So you like Italy. To. Yeah, like Italy. Yeah. <sighs> Oh. Oof. This dude is rough. You all right, sir? Yeah, I think I'm good. I think it's. Well, don't worry, guys. It's not COVID, and I. Oh, I got I got my vaxes. You're good. I got well, three I'm not shots. Gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. wear a mask. What the fuck is? That's okay. We can't enforce it. We've been told that we can't enforce it. All right. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a start. Your... It's your like I said. Well, like I said, it's not COVID because as you shit on your neck, it's boils, dude. It's like, it's like a bunch of boils. Boiled what? It's it's like take a shower today. It's pus filled lumps. You take a shower. No, I've not been. If a drop of water touches one of these things, it stings like the Dickens, dude. This dude's probably been at the YMCA. Why Why aren't you at home or why aren't you at the? Like hospital. Well, what am I gonna? If I'm gonna rest at home, I'm not gonna watch a couple movies. Even Jerry gives us insurance. Oh, I mean, come on, guy's got a fucking excellent point here. Yes, all right, let's get you some movies and get you fucking home. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to watch all right. it. I, I'm not gonna argue this. You're exactly the type of person we need. You're mm-hmm. okay. What you need? What you in the mood for? I don't know. Uh... Gonna turn Just, into a goddamn demon. Got any kind of feel good films? I don't. Well, hold on, hold, hold on, just a second, sir. Dan, we may not want to recommend movies um, that might remind him of his. What I'm pretty sure is, uh, is that shit? immediate death. Is that shit so let's look for some lighthearted fare. You One know? of them popped. I seen it. Oh, oh. fuck! It's uh, on the counter, dude. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this napkin. Okay. Here, you, sir, you wipe it up. Yeah, you, yeah. I don't throw wipe the, up your own. Kind of throw. The, give him the napkin. I don't work here. Yeah. No, you're gonna have to leave, sir. All right, leave it on the counter. What do I? No, do? you're gonna have to wipe it up. You wipe it up. Look at this dude's fingernails are all scraped up and shit. Dude, are you been picking these things? There goes another one. <laughs> okay, we gotta get this guy out of hey, here. Close your mouth, Just, buddy. These things are going off. <laughs> Get the fuck out of our store, dude. Give me some movies. <laughs> what do you want? It? You can have them. What do you want? Just take them, dude. No what do you charge. like? What do you like? Uh, I'm looking for something something real specific, something that's uh, ancient and old and... and uh, Possibly mid- medieval. medieval. Oh, that would be great. You got, okay. you got oh, something shit. like that? All right. Uh-oh. What's that one we just got in? Oh yeah, the dog in it and shit. Oh yeah, the that, one with the dog meat. That that's what you're that's going right. with the one with the dog. Yeah, it's got a tank. It's got oh, a dog. Oh, um. Oh shit! It's leaking over into the fucking Reese's pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wiped it up, sir. Here, I'm just gonna 
I've got a lot of it on my hands, so I'm just gonna smear them on all the candy. Over I, here. I I really no. don't want to. I don't want to slow this down. Do you Did have? You're just trying that? to get free candy. It's a good policy because he's taking it with him. That's fine. All right, there you go. That he's gonna touch everything now. Thank you. Fuck. Coming out of our paychecks. All right. Take this movie and lance those swellings, okay? Okay. <laughs> I got a pocket this... knife. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is grossing me out, just the thought of this. Is he gone? Uh, yeah, but he got some fucking shit on the door handle. I was just crouching behind the counter. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> What's on the door handle, then? Oh, that's for me, too. All right, Bones, get on the movie. All right, here what it is. What was it called? It's Flesh and Blood, 1985, this week on Five Day Rentals. listening to five day rentals the premier video store podcast each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun non-genre specific category this round it's a doozy we got ancient times medieval times olden times fairy tale horror revenge Two, bracket whatever the hell as long as it's an old thing and bracket this week, we're going to Western Europe, 1501. We're doing Flesh and Blood by Paul Verhoeven. I will be taking us through this. I am Bones. I'm joined as always as, uh, as always, as I always am, as always. Joined with Kron and uh, Laundry Dan. Guys, say hello. Hey, you left out slash primordial. Oh, slash primordial. Shit, that's where I fucked up in that intro. <laughs> yeah. That was the only mistake I heard. That yep. Dan, how are you? Uh, I'm well. You guys all right? Yeah. Um. I don't have we'll, we'll the plague. In, okay, we'll get into the movie later. Dan, are are you still confused on what the category is? Have you been able to narrow down the infinite number of of movies that qualify? Well. Gentlemen, I have scoured the webs, and I have a fine, fine Japanese pick from 1941 that we will be watching tonight. That might be true. That might not be true. I don't know. You are the chaotic neutral of the group, so. Just another movie I got to read, dude. There's nothing wrong with reading, man. It makes you smarter. You didn't have to read this one. Yeah, we were covering our eyes most of the time. You could have thrown on subtitles. It some, made it easier on the second view, that's for sure. There were some difficult English accents. <laughs> German accents. Uh... If only the most difficult part were the accents. Uh 
Yeah, that's right. Last week we uh, we covered Pinocchio's Revenge. That was a Kron's pick. This is Kron's category. Um, I took us a little bit further than uh, Pinocchio's Revenge. We're doing one pretty much the the first big Paul Verhoeven budget. Um, in my reading, he immediately left this and went right to RoboCop. So, yeah, this kind of seemed like Verhoeven right before he really popped off. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of like sort of a a musical artist, like s- something in that sort of parallel thought. Like, is this Zeppelin three before he does Zeppelin four? You know, is this three dollar bill, y'all? Before, <laughs> sorry. Um, How did he ever get a chance to make another movie after this? Shouldn't have happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> they used to line them up like three at a time, though. Back in the day, it was like you're making you're making eight pictures for Orion. So strap in. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not the one who bankrupted Orion, is it? I think it was. They later just weren't on. bankrolling his fucking craziness. It's a little later, yeah. Robocop well, he- had to do well. Yeah, I was going to say, even if this one was a stinker, like, if you got RoboCop coming right after it, you would have made your money <laughs> for the cost of both movies, like, ten times over. Was RoboCop an initial hit, though? Or was it a little later? Like, did it take some time? I I do recall, it might have been Blank Check, where he talks about um, how Verhoeven kind of purposely didn't shoot stuff. So he could go back later and say, I oh, shit, I need more money so I could shoot that scene. Like he would put all his money into the shit that he wanted to shoot and then. So. So it'd look awesome that, and they'd give him more. The guy is a uh, uh, freak, but he's a fucking genius. So. Mm-hmm. No, consummate professional. <laughs> yeah. The, the terrible stuff in this movie is expertly crafted. Eh. No? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Don't you love this five minutes of vagary, listener? I'm not the one worried about scores. You two should be. You're tied. Yeah, but I'm, I'm here for the love of the game and the love of my dudes. This movie, I mean, it's the the movie's okay. Like, I would not put this in the same class as, uh, you know, the Verhoeven movies that are to come. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get to it. Maybe, maybe the the clash of Verhoeven meets Hollywood is what we like. All right. It's like the opposite of uh, Black Keys, you know? Once Black Keys started putting a piano and a bass in there, I don't give a shit. Yeah, get them back back in that glue factory recording a record again. (laughs) Once Muse got that synthesizer. Yep. Well, I, I think we jump right into this. 
This movie literally starts with a bang. What do you say, guys? Let's sure. do it. All right. We are. We got an MGM here. We got an Orion. Don't you love seeing that Orion? Oh, it is wonderful to see that Orion logo yeah. pop up. Classic. Western Europe, 1501. I love that. It's generic. It's like broad enough, but just enough to sort of like put you in. Because never was I like, is this the Netherlands? Is this Germany? No, it's matter. Italy. It's, it's Western Europe. The birthplace cons- of Pinocchio? Do you, do you consider Italy Western Europe? Wouldn't it be Southern Europe? They say it's Italy. They do? Yeah. They do. Wow, I'm or, glad I watched this movie three times. They do or you do? Are you saying it right now? That's what it says. Italy. It says in the beginning, yes, Western Europe, 1501. Okay. But it is supposed so to So once I got that information, any other geography just went out the window. I blew, I blew over it, yeah. So I don't you, need to get that micro. Bones, congratulations, officially took us to Italy again. Okay. Or at least to Western Europe. I, there's a lot of uh, things in this movie that uh, appear. I got it in my notes, too. Like, there's some... Pinocchio's revenge connection. Yeah, I think I was going to call. I'm going to call Dan out and see if his movies can make the same sort of pattern continue. We're at a siege. We got cannons. We got fires. We got dudes running around screaming, and then we got this group that's just sort of chilling, just taking communion from this fucking cardinal in red. Um. Receive the body of our Lord, he says. We got four or five guys here that we sort of establish. We got some prostitute that's pregnant. She's interrupting. She's talking about some mead, some sort of alcohol. Don't take, you know. Now, this lady looks pregnant as if you had described in seven seconds what a pregnant person looks like. (laughs) Yeah. It, It. I couldn't tell if she was pregnant or had a giant tumor. When she first popped up, just shoved the blanket in there. I mean, this yes, this is this is meth head Diane Lane. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's yelling at him. Uh, then we get a Captain Hawkwood. He interrupts. He busts in with another group of guys. Uh, following him is the guy that they're all fighting for. His name is Arnold Feeney. Uh, he gives a rousing little speech about getting his castle back. They took it from me, helped me get it back. He promises this this band of dudes that he will give them the first run of whatever loot they can they can take once they take this castle. You think that's like time contingent? Like you got you, you get ten minutes to grab whatever you can. Then- yeah, it's like the it's like the end of uh, supermarket sweep or what was that shop <laughs> till you drop? Yep, you know. I thought he said for a whole day, right? Or an evening or some shit? I thought he said the first day. Like, whatever you can get today. But. Then we see our hero. Hero? Protagonist? Nope. Main character? (laughs) Main character. Main character. (laughs) This is Martin. This is Rutger Hauer's return to the podcast. He comes in. He just starts stealing the body of Christ, man. 
He's just eating the crackers. Hell yeah. Not with your own hands, the Cardinal says. We got a little drummer boy. He's trying to join the group. His mother makes him, I think, take a sip of soup real quick. Yeah. He starts beating the drum. The guys start marching up. Yeah, make sure you drink your soup before you go with a drum into a war. That's yeah. going to help you. To dr- uh, drum yeah. the patterns of rape out. Uh, so as they start marching up, we get Steven. This is Arnold Feeney's son. He's made a war machine. He's got a rolling barrel on the end of this stick. It's filled with gunpowder, and it's attached to a, a fuse that unrolls as you roll it up. Pretty ingenious idea. I, it's a barrel full of gunpowder. Like, how, how long did it think to... No, Christ. How, how long... You got to give him credit. It's 1501, bro. I guess. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, I put in my notes. Like, it is 1501. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a barrel with gunpowder in it. No credit. Yeah. Arnold I, Feeney. Or Big I Arnold, could think that up. I could have come up with that. Now, you're standing on the shoulders of giants of all of these guys who figured this shit out before. I guess. Yeah. Big Arnold Feeney, he's like, yeah, shit, it's worth a try. He says a gold piece to the fool that tests it. One guy runs up, he grabs it, he starts pushing this thing towards the fucking gate. Steven lights the fuse before the guy has even gotten to the gate. And then bitches that the fuse goes too fast. This guy is blown to shit. Everybody sort of just laughs. I think Arnold Feeney says next or some shit. Or is it Martin that yells next? It's Martin. Yeah. They all kind of laugh. They take off. They attack. What yeah, do you d- think? It didn't matter because they just rolled right through the door. Yeah, in. they got right in anyway. Yep. Well, wouldn't you think that for the first, for like the pilot run of this thing, you would at least wait until they get up to the door before you light the fuse? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's Or... You don't need to put it on a fuse. My thought was like, just shoot it with a flaming arrow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's kind of a mistake that they come back to later in the movie anyway. So, yeah, like they didn't even learn their lesson from this go round. <laughs> so, like Dan said, it it really doesn't take him very long. This gang gets in. Martin's got a broadsword. Rutger Hauer looks great swinging this thing. He's having a fucking blast here. This is probably before him and. Uh, Verhoeven got into it in my little readings I guess they were screaming at each other in Dutch throughout the movie and people said if you're going to fight you have to speak in English because it's making the rest of us uncomfortable um, we got Bruno Kirby you know him from uh, your mom's favorite rom-com uh, when Harry met Sally and your, your grandfather's uh, favorite movie City Slickers Curly's gold? Yeah, he's in both of them. Uh, we got another guy named uh, Meal with an M and a guy named Cars, who you might recognize from uh, several things. I know him primarily from The Fifth Element. And then you get this other beast of a dude named, named Summer. Those are sort of the key guys in this gang, not counting the Cardinal. Uh, during this attack... 
the gang comes in, they kill multiple people. They're kind of there. Now there is a big army and then there's like a smaller contingent of like mercenary guys. And then this gang that we focus on is kind of a smaller group within that. Uh, Hawkwood is, uh, almost killed, but Martin comes in and saves him. Um, while Martin takes off, Hawkwood is shot at. He looks up. Turns out that somebody was like trying to snipe him or something. Uh, he runs up the building or up these stairs. He looks in the room that he was shot at from. Sees like a smoking gun coming out from behind a curtain. Just takes a broad ass swing, swipes, and a fucking nun falls down with a huge gash in her head. Now I. Watched this several times. Again, I don't. I didn't know this was in Italy. I thought this was just, just generic Western Europe. Is the nun the one who shot at him? Did somebody else shoot at her or shoot at him and then leave? I, because as I thought, she shot at him. That's okay, what, that's what I thought. Because as soon as he realizes shit, I just hit a nun. He freaks the fuck out. He yells for a guy named uh, Father George to come up. Well, I think they're all, like, all these guys trying to get into the castle, though, they all seem Catholic, right? So killing a nun is probably like, oh, I just fucked up big time. Yeah, okay, that's that's what first. I thought on the first one. Yes. And then the second time, I was like, wait. Okay. Yeah, but I think even if a nun shoots at you, it's like a like an unforgivable sin to yeah. kill a nun. If nun shoots at me, I'm going after nun. It's like when your dad was like beating your ass and you would put your hand in front of your ass, you know? No? Okay. That'd be two where I'm from. All right. So he calls this guy up, <laughs> Father George. Um, Father George comes in, basically is like, nah, she's fucking done, dude. Uh, That's Hawkwood is like, I was wondering where that Highlights magazine went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hawkwood's like, no, no, I, whatever it whatever it takes, I'm taking care of her. Um, we cut back down to the streets. The army, they're starting to loot. Everybody's just ripping off shirts and licking boobs. Little kids stealing earrings. Um, you know, everybody's doing a Mr. T with all the necklaces and shit. Women are just straight up screaming, like, don't rape me. Uh, it's fucking brutal. Just falling on would, deaf ears anyway. I mean, yeah. We cut back up. We got Father George. He's there with uh, Captain Hawkwood. He's telling him that the uh, there's evil vapors that have gotten into the head wound. It's our first of uh, many medieval like medical practices in yeah, the film. Medicine was stupid back then, dude. Yep. <laughs> uh the nun, she's gonna need full time care, and the captain he vows uh, whatever it is, I'm taking care of her. Whatever the cost, you can have all my pay. I'm doing it. Arnold Feeney comes in and just basically says, "Like, yeah, too bad I can't pay your ass. I can't pay anybody. Um, only thing, all the shit that I got, you guys are looting." So he basically puts him in a shitty situation. He says, "We got to get all this loot back, so you can take care of your nun, or I'm going to kill you and everybody." So it's okay to see a nun completely naked. But it's not okay to hit her with a sword. I think. Wow. It, you're arguing shades of gray, dude. But yeah, yeah, I, I would say killing one with a sword is definitely worse. 
I don't want to speak for the nun. I'd rather you see me naked than hit me in the head with a sword. Yeah. Now, I have not been ordained as one of um, the Sisters of Christ. But. Yet. Can't can't do much repenting with vapors getting into my head wound. Dan, I think if you gave most people the choice between stripping nude or being stabbed in the head with a sword, I think she they'd pick stabbed. nudity. I don't know. Maybe there's some people out there that are just like, you know, uneven breasts or <laughs> micro penises, you know. Lopsided testicles. They might be, man, maybe they're like too flappy. You know, some people are conscious. She didn't Flappy die. in all the wrong areas, you know? She didn't I die. Don't... No. But I, I'll tell you this. I'd rather die than be in the situation she's in. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she's if doing If you're going to hit well. me in the head, kill me. Yeah. She was yeah, gardening Dan, and shit. Yeah, Dan, at least finish the job, dude. <laughs> Have some we're sympathy. Down on the, we're down on the street, Martin and his... and. uh his team, they're they're chatting a little bit. Um, the pregnant prostitute from from before, her name is Celine. She comes up. She's she's putting it on real thick to Martin, and immediately you can tell Martin's just sort of entertaining this lady. <laughs> um, she says that Martin is absolutely the father. He jokes and says that pretty much everybody in the gang has had a has a run. She gets offended by this. A woman knows. A woman knows when it hits. Um, Bruno Kirby, he says like, eh, everybody but me. It's our first hint at, uh, his relationship with Meal. Um, Cars, he says like, I'll take care of you, Celine. Like, besides, I love you. And she gets all fucking pissed. No, it's Martin. Uh, at this point, the Cardinal, he notices that there's a burning rag that's hanging above them. It's in the shape of a noose. He thinks this to be a bad omen. Everybody else just kind of blows it off. Hawkwood rolls in. He's got this giant barrel of booze. He's ready to party. He starts leading it, the, the army into a square. That is a giant barrel, too. Like, it, it mm-hmm. is as big as 20 people. It is a good thing that wasn't filled with uh, gunpowder. Mm-hmm. We would have a um, specter size explosion. In yeah, that event. there'd be no castle left if that barrel yeah. had been full of gunpowder. Um, yeah, Hawk, Hawkwood says, come on, let's let's go drink in the square and party. But it turns out there ain't no damn square. This is all just a fucking trap. But they, they get to the end of this fucking alley. It turns out that Hawkwood and a bunch of others got cannons aimed at the army. They say, you know, lay down your arms and drop all your loot. Everybody kind of laughs it off at first, but they shoot the cannon. They blow the shit out of the booze barrel. There wasn't even any booze in the barrel. That's the worst crime. Yeah. So finally, everybody's left to um, just march out of the castle. They drop all their loot. They drop all their arms. But we do see that the cardinal, he snuck out with a sword. Stephen calls uh, his father out for for this rotten trick. Um, yeah. Arnold Feeney then gifts Hawkwood with a bag of coin in a farmhouse. Well, I guess we'll get there, but why do they, 
like, why do they hate Steven so much throughout this movie? He kind of seemed like he was always, especially at the beginning here, that he's kind of like on their side or at least trying to do right by them. Yeah. And I, I did sort of blow over the scene he uh, where Martin and Steven kind of interact. Yeah, they seem like they're buddies. You know, like, yeah, he like they them. sort of know each other and, yeah. And I think it actually adds a nice element because later on, when they are sort of going at each other, it's nice to know that they know each other and kind of respect each other and they have a short shorthand with each other, which is nice. But I get what you're saying. Like, it goes beyond just sort of like he's a young little guy. It's almost too alpha, you know, like he's some like dandy that they can't stand. Mm-hmm. All right. We got rain just pouring down. This might be the best rain we've had on the podcast. I mean, there's a big... Stage fright ain't got nothing on this rain, dude. You can clearly see the blue sky until he pans down. You get a a pro like Verhoeven shooting your rain, it's going to look damn good, dude. Soaked. It's mediocre at best. I think it goes probably this movie, then Pinocchio's Revenge, then Stage Fright. Yeah, flip all those. Not good revenge last. I don't know. Uh, opening of Unhinged. It's good rain. That's some solid rain. Mm-hmm. So maybe Unhinged, Flesh and Blood, Big Gap. Mm, that's probably Pinocchio's. C- it's probably CGI rain, though. Oh, that that's right. They do it all digital now. Yeah. Celine's giving birth, man. She's screaming. Sadly, the baby is born, stillborn. Um, yep. Uh, some of the gang, they go off to dig a grave. I mean, why wait? Just dig a hole. It's 1501, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin kind of comforts Celine, says, yeah, I kind of look like me. Um, he uh, puts the body, awkwardly puts the body of the baby in a little barrel. Um, now while they're di- stuffing it in there, yeah. I mean, I get it, but maybe not head first. Yeah, it's a blanket. On um, it. just get a little bit bigger of a barrel. I mean, it's fifty one. one they got nothing else, oh, man. The one thing I've seen in this movie—they have is three size barrels. barrels. They got that little mini guy. So while they're digging the hole for the grave, the men, they uncover a statue of St. Martin. So, Are we sure this isn't Geronimo? Dan, this is two movies in a row where somebody uncovers a doll and or statue. So, Wouldn't this be like f- three? Did you say three? Because no, Bruce just two in Wayne a row. discovers his little... Uh, what he was it? What, a Malaysian dream warden? <laughs> I guess if we have to rank the importance of the doll in each movie, it would be Pinocchio's Revenge, this movie, and then Batman. Which, a uh, big gap between two and three, because... I, I would argue that this one is way more significant. This one rules, actually results in more death than Pinocchio being un- uncovered. Yeah, but Pinocchio had agency. This is literally like... 
the statue turned to the left, so that's where we go now. <laughs> right. They stopped the wagon and it shifted. They're they're reading into this this and doll. I'm super confused. Western Europe, fifteen oh one, Italy, and then yeah, they uncover a statue of a Blackfoot Indian. So <laughs> Um, Martin comes up and says, fucking St. Martin, that's my patron saint. I was named after him. That's the my cardinal, man. The cardinal, he starts having a vision. He starts talking that uh, St. Martin, he's the only, sword, or, uh, only saint with a sword, that he used it to split his cloak and share it with a beggar. Um, Martin drops the barrel... Just splash. The the Cardinal continues screaming. I see Soldier Martin getting richer and sharing it with us. It's official. It's a sign from God. Typical church. Yep. One of the gang, they call bullshit. Cardinal doesn't wait. He just grabs a sword without hesitation and stabs this fuck. He had no faith. (laughs) Anyone who isn't with us is, is against us. And anyone that is against us will die at the hand of... Martin. Uh, he declares that they are going to uh, go after those that screwed them over. We cut to, we got Steven. He's playing with some little toys. He's a little Da Vinci wannabe. He's got some models. He's an educated man. Big Arnold Feeney comes in. He tells Steven that he's uh, been betrothed to a lady named Agnes. She's on the way right now with a very large dowry. Did you guys get a dowry? I'm still waiting on mine. I just got no. a couple goats, man. I work for. I'll take goats. <laughs> Steven, he objects. Turnip seeds. Oh. Doesn't doesn't he introduce this concept to Steven with like a a locket that just has a tiny painting in it? And Steven's like, "Oh, look at this dame." <laughs> it's fifteen oh one, Kron. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but. You got to realize they, you're looking. That's the best they got. You're looking at that's a their smut wall, man. <laughs> I guess so. Stephen kind of objects, but uh, Arnold Feeney, he's able to get him out of the castle by telling him that they're going hunting with falcons. And Stephen is immediately turned on by these falcons. You know how holy many, shit? You know how many women I had to rape and pillage to get this smut wall? <laughs> None of these women posed. This was all from memory. You get what you get. Oh, you you draw pretty good, huh? <laughs> huh? Take you with me. I'm gonna go do something. I need you to watch. <laughs> draw. All right, we got a wagon train. We got Agnes. This is Jennifer Jason Lee, who's like 23 or something in the movie and looks 12, 13 at times. Uh, 15 is what they were going for. Yeah. Um, she's with her maiden, Kathleen. Uh, she asked Kathleen, like, how do you do it? How do you please a man? The lady who plays Kathleen looks like Dusty Rhodes from the WWF. (laughs) The American dream. I thought she kind of looked like, uh, what's her name from RoboCop? Oh, the... The partner. Uh Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. What's her name? 
shit. So the, yeah, Kathleen tells her, you know, she gives her this whole thing about like, you know, take his hand, put it on your tit, say like, feel how you're making me feel. Um, so they later they're stopping, or they've stopped. They've had like a little picnic or whatever. Uh, Kathleen is flirting with some other soldier, and by flirt, I mean the soldier comes over and gives her a wine facial and then runs off. Agnes says, I know you guys are doing it. I want you guys to go do it so I can watch so you can teach me. Kathleen says she's not in the mood right now. Agnes, this is where we start to see like the first of her shittiness. You know, you're my maiden. You go do it. I tell you when you're going to go do it. So Kathleen runs off with this soldier, starts doing it. Now Kathleen's turned on. She's into it. This is making Agnes uncomfortable, I guess. She runs over and starts spanking the soldier and says, that's enough. I think she was trying to get in. Like She was, just, she was like, this feels right to me. So Yeah. So this pisses Kathleen off. She gets up and starts running away. Agnes says, you don't run from me. Starts chasing her. Tackles her. They start wrestling around again. It's they realize it's kind of like lighthearted. Um, they oh. no more stand up, and Stephen and the hunting party arrive. Lighthearted, all except for that poor soldier who <laughs> has to go the rest Bl- of his day with. He's got blue, blue balls. balls. Yeah. yeah, riding a fucking horse. <laughs> yep. Um. So Stephen and the hunting party show up. Uh, Stephen is immediately like kind of taken with Agnes, but at the same time, he's upset that his dad fucking tricked him. So he rides off. Arnold Feeney tells Agnes, like, take my horse, go after him. They meet up and chat. There's a little back and forth. Stephen says he, you know, he doesn't want to get married. He wants to work. He wants to be a scholar. I don't need no woman to invent stuff. Well, Agnes decides a different approach. She rides off, makes Stephen make chase. Maybe he wants to be a firefighter, you know, just putting that out there. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the the two come across two bodies hanging from a tree. They are dead and rotten. Agnes gets off her horse and starts digging up a plant that seems to be growing from underneath one of these bodies. Agnes says that she once read in a book at the convent a book about uh, sex and black magic, that a plant called the mandrake will bound two people in love if they eat both of it, or if they both eat from it. She starts digging this thing up. Stephen then explains to her that, um, you know, when a man is hanged, they come. Yeah, and that, the was, man- that was David Carradine's strategy. <laughs> yep, he's trying to get a mandrake. <laughs> yeah. Impossible. This dead body doesn't even have a dick. The vultures got it, man. Yeah, it's been picked clean, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, was his dick out when he came? Like, did he not have pants on? I think you'd probably, like, you know, you'd hang him nude, because then you could, that's a new pair of pants for somebody. I would have swore it still had like pants. It looked like had chaps. Pants on. Yeah. Well, if he had that's where I was like, oh, it's been picked away. Well, how does a bird know to pick away the crotch first to get that? It's it, a wobbly it's, bit, bro. They so, know that's. So they're so taken first. When they when bodies are found like that, 
usually when they've been eaten and stuff by animals, animals will find that. You're telling part me of a, people a vulture's not taking an eye before it takes the penis. It'll, it, it'll take. I'm not saying it won't take an eye, but I'm saying that they know to take penises. There's no <laughs> bones and shit. They say those boys that got killed in West Memphis. Yeah, yes, that's that's what taught me that, and it is a bummer. Yeah, where they thought it was a satanic. Man, we are definitely gonna have to put a fucking <laughs> trigger warning at the front of this one. Yes, so the Covering West Memphis all, Three. Baby. Yes, the murders at Robin Hood. For years, they thought it was part of a satanic ritual that some things were cut off, and then later, people like real fucking doctors said, "No, these are probably snapping turtles and shit." So, my question is, how viscous is this guy's jizz that it's dri- dripping and? He knew is, the, is then fuel for the mandrake underneath him, you know. Like, wouldn't it dry to a crisp, you know, inside his? Why the fuck are you gonna eat that, yeah, bro? I I totally understand. Like, they should have removed this corpse's pants to make all of this work better. Yes, yes. Thank you. That's all I'm asking for. Is if I'm on set this day, I go. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that all be inside the pants. So, I'm not saying I ever came inside my pants from being hanged, but if I did, <laughs> look. I may be able to get hard while there's a kid yep. drumming over there and five other guys agging me on to rape this mm. girl. But there's no way I'm eating this fucking semen root. Nope, not happening. So he's like, don't you just think that this is just a regular old turnip? And she's like, no, this is a kumquat. <laughs> and they... She convinces him to take a bite. They share a little look. They start making out. Later, we're on the wagon train. Train comes across a uh, parade of monks. But these ain't no damn monks. It's Martin and the gang. Gang immediately attacks, easily fucks shit up. Dan, this is now two movies in a row where sticks are put into wheels. Yep. So. I will say. You got two criteria. Yeah, this is. My next pick does involve a stick. This is the third Not movie. Not in a wheel. This is the third movie with a doll and the second movie with a stick being stuck into a wheel. Yep. So, Celine, she manages to stab Arnold Feeney with like a fucking spear in the chest. I'll get that list started. <laughs> yep. Movies with sticks. Mm-hmm. Gang takes over the uh, the wagons. They make off with the loot. Um, turns out Agnes, she was hiding inside of one of the wagons the whole time. Um, the Cardinal, he while all this, the skirmish and shit was going on, he tied the statue of St. Martin to like the back of the last wagon. So when they take off, the thing just fucking drags behind them. Uh, we cut to Hawkwood's farm. He's trying to grows some seedlings. He's got the nurse there, or the nun, rather. Um, Steven and Dad show up. The fucking Daddy Arnold Feeney is in, like, this wooden thing to keep him up. It looks fucking awesome. It seems like he's it's on, like a, on death's yeah, door. Like, he is, how he recovered fa- from yeah. his stabbing, I have no this, clue. 
Yeah, this dude is so pissed. They they went to Hawkwood before he went home and got like treatment. My note was, why the fuck is he wrapped in sticks? <laughs> yeah. Um. So they show up to Hawkwood and basically say, hey, all your men just fucking robbed us. You're going to help us get this shit back. Um, there's a little skirmish here. The nun ends up just going crazy and having like a seizure. Um, again, they put him in a, you know, a shitty spot. Hawkwood's basically forced to, um, you know, do this, this service for Arnold Feeney because he's going to threaten to have the nun committed. It seems like the strategy is like, Hey, Hawkwood, we basically just destroyed all of your food and traumatized your wife. Mm-hmm. Come on, help us already. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing about Hawkwood. Like, you give him a task, the man sees the shit through. Mm-hmm. Man does his duty. He's a professional. Yep. We're at the the gang's new campsite. Uh, the women, they're fighting over clothes. There's a little back and forth. The Cardinal says, like... Uh, you know, we're all on the same team. We need to all start wearing the same color. Martin says, yeah, we're, we're all going to start wearing red. Um, doesn't take very long for Martin to find Agnes hiding. Um, we did hint at a trigger warning. I'll put one beforehand. Um, Agnes is then bru- like basically raped. No, basically raped. She is raped. Um, uh, I believe Summer and or Cars are going to attempt it, but uh, Martin kind of steps in. Martin is easily sort of taken with Agnes very quick. Um, I'll try to blow over this, but the only real things to take away here um, is that he's obviously into Agnes, and it's done in a way where you're not totally sure if Agnes is just tricking Martin or she's kind of into this. I'm sort of leaning into like a, a an in between here because she sort of uses some of the stuff that she witnessed Kathleen say, and um, it's it's just aggressive. Like it's it's not pretty. Um, I I took it as she was trying to like you know convince him that she was into it, but I always yeah. I always like as the movie went on, I kind of thought that she was you know, just in this shitty situation. So she's kind of mm-hmm. playing along like she likes these people. Yeah. And I think they do a good job of keeping you sort of trying to figure that out. Yeah. Like yeah. how shitty is she or is she in a rough spot and doing the best she can? Mm-hmm. Um, so when Martin is done, uh, one of the guys, Summer, he's trying to, like he wants next. Um, Martin, I think, in a bit of jealousy... Um, he sets a quick fire. Like he basically like kicks a piece of wood that's on fire from the campfire into no, one doesn't. of the wagons. What? He doesn't kick anything. The camera just shows him kick the air, and then the fire <laughs> starts. That's how fast he kicks, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's Rucker Hauer, known for his kicks. Because I re- <laughs> I was like, he didn't kick anything. He just fucking flipped his foot. <laughs> Um, this, this distracts, uh, or this basically saves Agnes from further turmoil. 
The Cardinal, he points out that the, the statue of St. Martin is on fire, starts freaking the fuck out. Um, they Once they sort of control the fire, they now take this as a sign that because like there was a fire, it, was, it got all their attention, and St. Martin, with his sword, is pointing in a specific direction. Martin declares... We got we go wherever the fucking fucking sword points. So they're going that way. Steve and Arnold Feeney, they uh their party, they come up against uh, a funeral procession. Uh turns out to be somebody for the plague. Or somebody that's died from the plague. Steven notices that one of the girls has Agnes's clothes. Um goes over and starts assaulting this woman. Where did you get this shit? Uh, the girl cannot speak because she was brutally raped and had her tongue cut out. Uh, one of the women with her basically say, you know, we, these are just rags. We found these in an old campsite. Yeah. Ba- based on all the stuff we've just been talking about, uh, I want to go back and change my answer. Dan, if I was alive in 1501, I'd rather you stab me in the head with a sword than see me nude. Seems like a pretty bleak existence for yeah, this is terrible. everybody. I figured you'd come around. I uh, I think that was uh, one of uh, Verhoeven's intents with this. Like, he wanted to show, like, oh, whenever people make a movie about this time, it's always, like, romantic and shit. Like, no, life sucked. Like, mm-hmm. So we, we should actually be very grateful for our ancestors that went through all this shit. Put up with all this? Yeah. Who managed to stay alive, stay warm, and bone so we could be here discussing this movie with way too much rape. Uh, so the Martin train, they continue along. Now, Summer, he's like sort of pissed off that he didn't get his. So he tries to rape a now tied up Agnes. Now, uh, hot dog movie, guys? Mm, I thought that was a bull penis that he was eating. (laughs) Yes. So Agnes is tied up. He baits her with like a piece of a summer sausage. I don't know. Some shit from a picnic set. Like, I guess they already ate the cheese and the crackers. (laughs) He gives her a few bites of it. Says, hey, you want some more? Alluding to his wiener. Martin. Now, here's another vague thing. Martin is immediately kind of jealous and wants to figure out like how to stop this. So immediately pulls the reins, stops the wagon. Everybody freaks the fuck out like, hey, why are you stopping so fast? This movement causes the statue to shift and turn and is now pointing its sword at a castle. And they take this as a sign, oh shit, that's where St. Martin wants us to live. The gang is now infiltrating this castle. They do a Fancy technique where cars like shoots a rope over, they pull another rope, and then the group pulls Martin and Agnes up, up to the top. Martin takes Agnes because she knows the inside of a castle, or did he take her because if he leaves her alone with Summer, you know. So they sneak in through a chimney. Um. They're Cr- spotted by a nurse. That Chris is Kringle what, style. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> There's a fire in it as well. Holiday pertinent. Yep. Mm-hmm. You think this movie inspired the dad from Gremlins? 
Sure. Remember that, remember that speech? No. No? The girl in Gremlin, she gives a whole speech about how her, her dad died in the chimney. Like he dressed up uh, like Santa and right. they couldn't find him and then it started to stink. Yeah. Um. Okay, so they they sneak into this chimney. They're spotted by a nurse that um, is helping treat a little girl. Um, they freak out. They manage to get away. Fucking Rucker Hauer's arm is on fire at one point while they're running down the hallway, which looks badass. Um, they sneak away. They very quickly run to the front gate. They, they're able to open it from the inside. This baits the guards that are chasing him right into the rest of the gang that meets them. It doesn't take very long. Um, while they're fighting inside of the courtyard at the front of the castle, Agnes, she notices that there's a mother carrying the little sick girl up one of the towers. Agnes runs after her saying like, no, we won't hurt you. Mother doesn't fucking hesitate. Just jumps right off this fucking tower. Takes her daughter with her. Mother falls to her death. Fortunately, unfortunately, the girl survives the fall. Yeah, it's, it well, seems like these people that they ransacked were just trying to treat their sick daughter. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. these are not like shitty people. Fifteen oh one, baby. Yep. Well, like you said, if they're not with us, they're against us. So, uh, we're at dinner. Um, Celine, she's getting jealous. She won't let Agnes sit next to Martin. Ultimately, Agnes sits across from Martin, and good or bad, this ends up uh, allowing Agnes to just give fucking Martin a foot job. Guys, this is a great scene right here to say that this is in Italy because they just pull out an octopus. If you're in okay. if you're in Eastern or Western Europe in 1501 in the middle of Europe, you don't you're not gonna have access to a, an octopus. You would if you're like no, in the Netherlands or not on the that border. Fresh. You don't think they got octopus in those waters? Yeah, it's too on cold. The, if you're for, on the coast, too cold for octopus. Norway, our it's fans in Norway, please please email. I'm not saying it's Scandinavia, you know. Our fans in uh, Czech Republic, please come through for me. Whatever it is, it's fucking gross. How could anybody look at an octopus? Calamari's good, man. I it's ate, like I it's got to be number twelve on the list, right? I ate some octopus in Italy when we were over there. So, <laughs> thank you, Kron. Right. Where was <laughs> that right. at the beginning of this? Jeez, it's but it's it's all fucking gross. These people eat fucking disgustingly. Um, Agnes is sort of shows them how to eat with a knife and a fork. There's some weird ass bonding moment where um, Martin just basically says, "This is how we're gonna eat now. Like we're fucking civilized." Uh. One of their now maids, I guess, since they just inherited the castle, they inherited the help, comes in and says, uh, tells Martin that his bath's ready. Um, Martin's like, all right, Agnes, you're coming with me. Summer, he objects to this. He's like, fuck that. Like, I'm know. coming with you. 
Like, yes. Where she goes, I go. There's a little bit of a skirmish. Real, I, it's a it's a tense little moment where cars and the cardinal kind of help Martin slam this guy on the table, and the cardinal's basically saying like, "Who's in charge? Who brought us here? Who's like?" If he shares, if he chooses to share with us, he chooses to share. Otherwise, this guy's in charge. We're in the bath. We'll get a lot of hanky panky, some weird ass dialogue. Um, Martin just straight up calls her out for being hip- hypocritical because she doesn't want to watch. She doesn't want him watching her undress. Um, but given what she just did under the table, he's very confused. She comes in, jumps in with him. Yeah, that under the table stuff was was pretty good. <laughs> That's an aspect of you that we've never discussed, is it? That fetish. Is that where it started? What, what in this movie? Did it start with the movie? Is this the first job of the... Hey, hey, uh, listener, this is uh, Nate Hands, our resident foot expert. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm glad you guys decided to watch Foot and Blood, one of my favorite films. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. How did we get so lucky? I don't know. You guys just keep picking good ones. All right. Uh, I I mean, what is? How did you feel about this movie going in? Because fifteen oh one is just real gross. You got to imagine feet are just real gross. But then you get to a scene like this. Yeah, you get to a scene like this, and it's it's good, but they don't push it far enough. It would have been great. Like you see the the tease part of it, but you should have seen her just kick his dick right in whoa like in like inside like a turtle yeah what a, i mean just just kick it as hard as you can nate hands is really into the feet not the the wiener i think it's yeah, all I mean, it all kind of goes together right i guess i get that i'm not saying i want that done to me but i guess i can understand like you can't you can't put a finger on it, or you can't put a toe on it, right? Like what? Sure. What you would want? All right. Now, are, have you have you done any research? Like, are you familiar with the footwear? Like, what was the what was going on in you know in the 16th century concerning f- feet? Yeah, just a lot of nothing, or just some strips of cloth. Okay. I've got a a five terabyte hard drive. On. I'll download onto your computer. That's fine. We don't you don't have to worry about that. It's a That's lot fine. of research, a lot of stuff that mm. we believe keep, you. Keep it on. Yeah, there. I don't need. I don't need it on. You got a jump drive? Just put it on a jump drive. No, I'm gonna put it on your personal computers, and then be careful because you'll end up on a watch list. <laughs> Dan, you got any uh, questions for Nate Hands? I mean, you usually do our our research. Uh, Nate, this you know, you want- just wasn't too much for you, this movie? Too much? Not enough. <laughs> I mean, it's- we never we never ask you, like, your rating of the movies that we watch. I mean, what would you rate this? Would you put it higher yeah, up? This one's a five out of five, dude. I mean, you've got a foot in a sexual scenario. <laughs> so this is your favorite movie that we've done? Yeah, this is the top, dude. You guys have right. reached the peak. Damn. Shit. 
You so don't, you don't think I've got this scene on like every supercut I've ever made? Have you put that on a website with like a real awkward um It's already on your computer soundtrack. It's already on your computer. Entitled it uh you can't make it to the end of this video. How many <laughs> exactly how many OnlyFans do you follow for feet? Well it's tricky because it's like when you say follow, do you mean like down the street or <laughs> Just, on a computer? View. You view. Because it's, it's like, personally, I will be their only fan <laughs> when I get a hold of them. Do you personally have an OnlyFans to where you just show your feet? No, no. I'll be their only fan. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about your own feet? Yeah. What are they looking like? Yeah. They're, they're fine. They're just normal. You getting, like, pedicures and shit? I, you know, I take care of them. Yeah, like, do you judge other feet? Like, is yours the control? Like, are your feet the base, you know? Yeah, it's a baseline, but there's plenty okay. that are better. Do you go to, like, get a pedicure just to have a good time? Yeah, just enjoy the environment. Huh. You haven't got kicked out of any? Oh, I've gotten kicked out of every single one. So you're into more self-care nowadays. I have to be unless like a new one pops up or if I want to go like three towns over. What do you think about the band Corn? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's off topic, but <laughs> yeah, I guess they're all right. It's foot adjacent. Corn? Mm-hmm. Like a but like a bunions, corn. Yeah, like a corn on a foot. Yeah. Yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay. I listen to a lot of uh just the sounds of industrial metal. Oh okay. Scraped together. I, I was just thinking of the scenario where you picked up one of their records and got real excited. Yeah, I've I've run into okay. some mistakes like that. Sorry, I couldn't think of any foot related bands other than corn. <laughs> Yeah. See, you both are thinking. Yeah, it's tough, right? I should have just dropped the whole question, but I had no, already. No, there there was a band that called Scrape, and their album cover was just like a big, ugly, bloody toenail. Yeah, got it signed by the band. <laughs> well, Nate it, well, hands. It's uh, on the it's on the wall down at the Payless. Come take a look. Well, this movie got the got the five. Was it five feet, five toes, five nails? Like, what's your system? You just said five. Yeah, f- five feet up. Five feet up. All right. So he wants feet that are doing something sexual. Okay, we got you. Okay. That secures that secures a five from Nate Hands. Five five out of five. All right. Well, keep, thanks for dropping in, buddy. Keep them coming. I'll come back next week. All right. We're gonna we're gonna work on a list. How about that? Yeah, maybe. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, put put the list together, Dan. Put it on the letterbox. Mm-hmm. L- ladies and gentlemen, Nate Hands. Do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I love you. 
Later, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> I say with that, we take a break. So when we left off the gang, they had just taken over a, uh, a castle that had been pointed to by St. Martin. Martin and Agnes, they had uh, enjoyed a bath together. We're starting to see Agnes and, and him kind of bond. Is this survival or is she just starting to like it? The next day we see Hawkwood and crew. They ride up. They find the sick girl that had survived the fall from the night before. Turns out this little girl, she's got the plague. Hawkwood had, he goes up and starts trying to comfort the girl. Ends up popping one of her lesions and ends up spreading the pus from her like all over his face. <laughs> Steven is able to discern that she couldn't have come very far. Her feet barely have any scratches. Um, not to mention the fact that like the the linen that she's wearing, she's of, you know, some rich riches at least. So they ride off. They got to be close. We're at the castle. The gang, they're banging around with music and fruit and cheese and shit. Up on top of the castle, having a great breakfast. Martin, he shows up with Agnes. They're both wearing white. They look like um, a white snake music video is about to yeah. kick in. Where do you get that motorcycle jacket? Yeah. Well, where are they getting all that fruit? I mean. It's in the castle, I guess, already. I mean, I get them having fruit over having like an octopus, but... Dan just, just sent us a photo of the album he was talking about. I'm trying to... That is gross. Gross as hell. I'm giving uh, Verhoeven a fucking... A hand there. I'm like, right on. Right. Okay, I got you. <laughs> All right, where were we? Oh, we got... Music and fruit and cheese and shit. Uh, he shows up at the, wearing white. Cars is like, what the hell, man? It's like you're not even the same old Martin anymore. Uh, they have a little sing song. What are you laughing at? You laughing at what Steve just sent us? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, w- I was going to say, finally, one of these movies isn't afraid to break into song and dance. I feel like yeah. we've been flirting around it for... Mm-hmm. 20 movies now, but... I wish I wrote down the lyrics to this song, too. Because they are having just a blast. Um, But it gets interrupted when Steve and crew show up. Um, They ride up to the castle. There's, you know, some unpleasantries back and forth. Martin tells Agnes to go say hello. Martin's crew, they start peppering Steven and crew with the fruit and stuff. Yeah, Throw your own shit. Don't throw your food yeah, supply. Yeah, waste the fruit. Yeah. Um, Agnes, she gets like a mandarin or some shit. I don't know. Um, she takes her locket. She's man- She manages to like push it into the fruit. And then with incredible aim, is able to hit Steven with it. So he's able to see it and realize that, oh, it's got the locket in it. He holds it up, looks to her. She gives a little, you know sign of holding her holding her chest is this a sign that she still loves him 
I don't either way get her a contract because she's a good 150 yards away just mm-hmm. throwing that thing on a laser beam, dude. Cardinals need to sign that. Lady. That's a uh, crew right off. Uh, shit, Hawkward or Hawkwood has got the plague, the bubonic plague. He's in a little medical tent with uh, Father George. Steven asks, does he have a chance? He is strong, so it'll take him longer to die. (laughs) Father George is a fucking asshole. Uh, Steven tells the father that uh, bleeding is fucking useless. Father argues back like, you know, I won't have you telling me what to do. Bleeding fucking works. (laughs) Fucking slices Hawkwood open and just starts literally bleeding him. Stephen says, you know, the Arabs, they say that you should lance the swellings. Father says, that shit ain't Christian. Continues to bleed Hawkwood. Uh, Stephen, he's overseeing the men. They're making something. They're constructing some shit. They start stripping the wagons for wheels. They're cutting lumber. Um, while this is going on, the father comes out and it dumps what looks like a spittoon full of blood from Hawkwood just into a ditch hole. Ditch hole. Um, some random dog comes up and starts licking the blood. Steven has to like shoo it away. Oh yeah. So uh, we're back at the castle. Uh, Agnes is woken up by the sound of the hammering. It's the hammering. She says, it scares me. And I'm thinking, well, shit after unhinged, I can't blame her ass, man. You hear hammering in the middle of the night. Is that a little Da Vinci want to be, or is that Russell Crowe here to take his fucking house back? If it's Crowe, you you have zero percent chance of getting out of there. Uh, Martin, he's he's starting to question Agnes's devotion here. He's like, who is she? Who is she really? Now? What is this? Now you are. Yeah. Well, but I mean, honestly, if there was like the enemy group right outside the walls of my castle building something. Maybe you should be like, what's going on out there? Yeah. I love that about medieval times. They just let you sit outside their place and, like, war up. Yeah. (laughs) No, go fucking kill them. (laughs) Agnes says, you're both the same. You know? He's just you, just younger. You're just him, just older. He gets a little pissed. She's like, no. It's it's whoever wins. It's winner take all. Which, yes. in a way, it's like kind of honest. Agnes sucks, right? Yeah. yeah. But so does Martin. Everybody so. in this movie is pretty yeah. shitty. When, there's, but, one guy I, there's one guy I like. By the time we get to the end of this thing, I'm honestly rooting for the plague. So. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, fucking Hawkwood, it's early morning. He sneaks out. He finds a little knife, and he's taking the, the Arab's advice. He starts lancing his own swellings. Yeah, guy, then, this guy lost his farm, his wife. He has to lance his own plague boils. Like, so far, this guy has one of the shittier storylines in this movie. Yeah. Uh, turns out, Steven was having his men build a giant fucking fortification like mobile siege unit 
Uh, for the purposes of continuing, I'm going to refer to this thing as the tank. It's probably 50 feet by 20 feet. For a one-night um, build, this is pretty impressive. It, absolutely. Um, little drummer boy starts sounding off, wakes everybody up. Holy shit, it started. Martin and the gang prepare. Martin's still wearing white, his linen motorcycle jacket. He says, well, let's see if it burns. They start throwing uh, spears, flaming arrows. Nothing seems to get this thing to take off. Uh, there are parts of this where the, the tank appears to just be like paper printout. Like they didn't actually use wood. It's like they printed out wood on paper and it looks kind of great. Uh, the tank rolls up. does kind of like a 90 degree turn up against the, the castle wall. Then starts to, um, it opens up the back. Some horses come out. So using the horsepower, um, some ropes and some gears, this thing opens up and a ladder emerges from the top of it. Turns like 180 degrees. Steven on the inside flips some rope, flips another lever, lever, leather, whatever you will. Um, starts extending this fucking ladder out. Uh, Martin and his team, they're just kind of standing there watching this whole shit, like, go down. You gotta um, be a little impressed, like... Oh, absolutely. Look at this yeah. damn thing. Yeah. Um, like firefighting 101 right here. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tip of the ladder ends up getting up at the top of one of the towers. Steven leads his army up the, up the ladder. Martin reacts super fast. Turns out he's got one of those war machines from the beginning of the movie. One of those um, fire barrels. He runs down while Steven's men are all on the ladder up the siege unit. Martin is able to run the rolling barrel into the back of the tank and Cars lights it. Again, a little early, like before little it's early. to its destination. Mm -hmm. It almost makes you wonder, like, did he kind of want to blow up Martin, you know? He's like jealous of the white. Mm -hmm. Father George, he is with the horses that were basically that are driving the gears of this ladder. He yells bomb, but it's not enough. The The tank explodes. Most of Steven's crew, they're blowed up. Gang runs out. They murder the rest of the people. But we do not see Steven or Steven's body. In the midst of this chaos, the Cardinal looks over and he sees a vision of Martin standing in front of one of the flaming wagon wheels. Holy shit, a splitting image of St. Martin. Is this a uh, David Lowry? Did he use this in the Green Knight? Damn near. Looks like it, though. Yeah. So, Father George, he, had, he survived the whole thing, like we were talking about. He was outside of it. He crawls all the way back to the initial camp. He finds Hawkwood fucking alive and well. Hawkwood is pissed. He sees the sickly dog from before, which now has the plague, presumably, from licking up the blood. Hawkwood grabs his spear and just goes and stabs the shit out of the dog and screams at the castle like he's coming from Martin. At this point, I am all in on Hawkwood, man. Like... It's an interesting rock in a hard place with what he had to do. 
but I, I like the motivation. And so at this part in the movie, we, we can talk about it. Like you don't have to be a good character. You just have to be an interesting character. Right. Mm-hmm. I, and what I, I was thinking, what I, I would watch his movie. Right. Like, before and this. As, as I was watching this movie now, I know you guys are big fans of it. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I respect it. Good time. You need to watch it again. I've watched it twice. Three times a lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to really sink in on this next one. <laughs> I'd you say got, probably by like your fifth and a half watch, like when you, you get to that. You got him coming up in a Nolan movie, so he just got cast. Just by the time you've seen Good Time... By the time you've watched Good Time as many times as you've watched Batman Forever, then you'll impossible. Then you'll learn Imp- to love it. Impossible, because for any time I watch Good Time, I will have watched Batman Forever a dozen times. You still got a lot of years left, dude. I I could not watch Batman Forever for ten years, and I don't think Good Time would ever catch up. And I'm not I'm not disliking it. I respect the movie. Like it is tense, it is done really well. It's just generally not a, a style of movie that I'm into. And I I was thinking like there isn't really anybody in this movie that you can kind of you don't you don't root for anybody. You're sort of going along with them. So by this point with Hawk, like Hawkwood, I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. Here's my fucking guy that I'm in like survive the plague. Like we know he's he's morally conflicted in a great way. The ambiguity of Agnes is interesting, but when you put her in between Martin and Steven, it's like it's not really a choice there. Right? Um Yeah. I don't know. I mean I I guess I think that Hawkwood is maybe the most interesting character in the film, but even like when all this happens to me, it's just like, just leave, dude. Like, go back to your farm and be happy. Like, you Fuck could just walk away, dude. Well, it, he he couldn't because Big Arnolfini threatened to have the nun committed. That guy's in another a, so fucking it, nun. Plus, that guy's in like a... <laughs> he's got a, a series of wooden beams holding him together. I mean... How hard is it going to be to kill that guy? He's back to 100% by the end of this, though. He should have just killed him when he had the chance, dude. Yeah. When those guys showed up, he should have been like, this is bad news. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I will agree. Like, out of the characters in this film, Hawkwood is the closest to a likable character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like something like the brain, right? Where you're with this main character that you're supposed to sort of root for, who starts the movie by with these shitty pranks and is an asshole and all of this. Like, if he had been more interesting, whether it had been written interesting or a better performance or something, you might be into it. But like we talked about with that one, its biggest fault is that it's just so dull. This to me is never dull. At least, I think its pacing helps with that too. Like you don't stay on any scene or with any person long enough to, to really get tired of them or annoyed with them. While Agnes sort of sucks, 
is that just our are we just looking at that from a masculine perspective like she's in a tough been spot, in that situation but, i don't know but i mean i do kind of i mean i think it's intentionally done but i mean almost everyone in this movie is just like an asshole like i don't mm-hmm. i don't really care about any of them by the time we get to the end of it so right All right, Martin's crew, they're celebrating their little victory here. They're they're partying the night away. Bruno Kirby's doing some shadow puppetry. Yeah. Um, but this is interrupted when uh, they notice that Steven is just half dead up in this tree above them. Uh, the gang quickly throw a rope up. They're able to kind of grab him and pull him down. Little drummer boy's like, I got a fucking collar and a chain right here. Um, they lock him up like a dog. Agnes is talking, like, she's got a quick little moment there where she's, like, looking at Steven. He kind of looks back, and then when she realizes, like, oh, for survival purposes, I need to say, like, nope, I got me a little dog. So he's, uh, he's locked up. Cars fucking shoots an arrow, uh, into his hand. Summer comes over and slices his leg. Martin tells everybody to get the fuck back and hands Agnes a basically like a fucking blunderbuss. I don't know. Whatever sort of firearm they had back then. It was like He's a telling her old school pistol, right? Like a I think a blunderbuss shoots like shrapnel. Okay. It just seemed maybe she's just so small it seemed like a big it seemed larger than just a, a pistol. Um he's telling her basically, you know, shoot him. Just fucking shoot him. Even Steven is like, yep, aim for the heart. Which I'm like, yeah, fucking get this shit over with. I'm not <laughs> be around these fucking idiots. That's worse than death, dude. Uh, cool thing with like Celine egging her on too. Like she leans in and starts blowing on the fuse, like making sure that it stays lit and everything. I thought was cool. <laughs> uh, suddenly... We got chunks of dead dog that just start dropping from the air. Film's got everything. Yep. Plague bomb, dude. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, Martin, he takes the lead. Uh, he runs up. He's got this like cool rake flare thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what that was, but yeah. it looks cool. It's like a sparkler, a sparkler pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs up to the top. He sees Hawkwood and Father George. They're just catapult. How much fucking dog meat was there? Because they just dog, quite dude. a bit. They're, yeah, talk about movies like where they don't reload. They just have infinite dog meat. Um, they're launching it via catapult into the castle. Uh, Rutger Howard does a cool move with that little pitchfork thing, where he kind of sets it on a ledge and pushes one end of it down to kind of flip it over, which I thought was like, instead of trying to throw it, he sort of trebuchet it in a way, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, they exchange a little bit, but Hawkwood and father George, they just fucking ride off. Um, I was shocked that none of these crazy people inside this castle just started wolfing down that dog meat. They were close to it, and then mm-hmm. I don't understand this. Steven warns them of the dog meat. 
Yeah, he, did he tell says, him, yeah. yeah, he says, I wouldn't fuck with that. That shit's infected with plague. Uh, the rest of the gang, they start freaking the fuck out. They're like, we got to go. We got to go. We don't know. We can't be around this. Now, when the plague is first hinted at in this movie, people are like covering their mouth. And Steven says, that's useless. Um, Like, that's not how it's spread, you know. I had to look this up. I guess it was um, flea bites, flea and tick bites. That's what spread the bubonic plague. So, didn't need a mask back then. So, again, they're all freaking out. Martin says, calm down. We're just going to burn our clothes, and we're going to burn the meat. (laughs) So, they have a little dog meat bonfire. They're burning their clothes. Rutger Hauer's strutting around in his little thong. He starts taunting Steven by, like, macking on Agnes in front of that shadow puppet screen. Um, Steven, he sees, he finds a little piece of dog meat that's kind of behind something that nobody saw. He picks it up and he throws it into the well. Hey, get him a contract. That well's pretty far away and he mm-hmm. <laughs> whips that dog meat right in there. Yep. Yeah. And then he whips that, he whips a cross later mm-hmm. and hits that thing. Guy hits his fucking mark, dude. Yeah, Detroit Tigers need to sign him. Yeah. Yeah, there's some... <laughs> Everybody's got perfect throws in this movie. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say the San Diego Padres? Nah, they're wouldn't that be more Catholics? Um, we don't support them. These people are all Catholic, though. Well, well not Stephen. He's he's Stephen's a man of science. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was the joke, Cron. All right, so. Um, Agnes actually sees him throw the dog meat into the well. You can tell them or not. Time to choose, Agnes. The next morning, everybody's meeting for breakfast. I just love the camaraderie of everybody eating together and shit, you know? Um, They're meeting for breakfast. Uh, They're serving water from the well. It's shot in such a way that that water, you know it's plagued, but it's so refreshing looking. Like the audio of pouring the bucket into those pitchers and the pitchers into the water. Like, it's really amped up. It was really, it was, I liked it. Splashing everywhere. Um, yeah. Well, they all got, like, glass cups, too, so you can see how perfectly the water fills it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Agnes is watching everybody. Like, you know, it's just kind of bouncing around. Celine, she takes a drink. The kid takes a drink. Bruno Kirby takes a drink. That other prostitute lady that we haven't really talked about, she takes a drink. Martin is right about to take a drink, and Agnes pushes the cup out of his hand. He sort of turns and looks at her like, what the fuck? Right as Celine starts throwing up. Yeah, that's fast-acting plague, dude. Yeah. Um, The little drummer boy, he looks in one of the pictures, and he's like, oh, shit. Mom, look at this. They all start freaking out again. They realize, oh, that must have been in the well. At this point, they they finally turn on Martin. Um, they freak the fuck out. Bruno Kirby's like, "We could have left yesterday. Like we we just wanted to take the shit and leave." Um. At this, and even the Cardinal has turned on Martin at this point. So Martin tries to get away. Uh, they overpower him. They hold him down. They're about to. St- I think he's about to stab him. They're about to kill him. The Cardinal says, "No, let's drown him in his own poison." 
So they throw him into the well. Agnes quickly yells, you know, oh, we got to leave. We cut to Martin down at the bottom of the well. He holds up the key. He's got the key to the fucking dog collar of Steven. He yells up. There's basically a little exchange. I've got your key. I'll free, or you free me, I'll free you. The car, we cut to the gang. They're loading up with all the loot. The Cardinal, he's in front of a fire in front of the statue of St. Martin. Just starts flogging the shit out of himself. Um, there's a funny little exchange. Uh, Agnes is doing something. She's like looking at something. She's biding time. Was she, like a locket or something? I couldn't remember what she had. And uh, one of the women was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I can't decide which one of these I want. And the woman's like, just take both, you silly bitch. <laughs> the it was such a natural, like, you silly bitch out of this actress that I loved. Um, oh, this is, this was the woman that's the little drummer boy's mom. Uh, at this point, little drummer boy, he's covered in swellings. And we're getting a real split amongst the gang. So, Cars, you know, he's the one that's in love with Celine. Guy's like a real solid dude. He wants to wait with Celine while she dies. And he convinces Summer, like, hey... Let's, can we at least wait till she dies? Like, it won't be fucking long. He says it, like, right in front of her, which I fucking love. Um, Summer's like, ah, I'll wait for you. You guys can jump in at any point, too. It's been about 15 minutes straight of me talking. By any, it, I hope that means you're so entranced with the movie you got nothing to shit on, right? Uh, so Summer tells Agnes, like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. You guys finish up. I got to take a shit. Okay. It's just a long, like, the movie gets along, and at the end of it, it's all just kind of like, it's like action beats almost, you know? Mm-hmm. We're getting there. All right, so uh, Bruno, Bruno Kirby and, and Mio, they're a little couple. We didn't really talk about that. They they show it just with, like, little clips of, like, one touching the other's ear and whatever. So they try to get away. As they're trying to get away, Bruno starts to turn. Oh, shit. Also, a storm starts coming in. We get some awesome highlight on, yeah, highlighter on film lightning. Yeah, it looks like a old, like, Boris Karloff is going to pop up at any point. Yeah. Or the... uh, I was going to say, like, a 1981... Dexter's Laboratory, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Steven notices that like a big ass gold cross was dropped by one of the people from like a bag of loot. He's able to use this to release the bucket on the well to drop down. Well, big Arnolfini, he's, he's free of his fucking wood brace cage. He shows up with a shit ton of men. Martin's able to climb up the rope from the well bucket. At the last minute, he decides not to release Steven. He runs off, he closes the front gate, and then starts running around the castle, yells at Stephen, trust me. Martin finds Agnes. She says, I love you, Martin. He says, whenever it suits you. He locks her ass into a closet. (laughs) Martin then finds cars in summer. Now, reminder, five minutes ago, they tried to kill him, and they threw him down a well. He shows up. I'm assuming they're thinking like, 
well, this guy is a fucking prophet. Like, yeah, we that, should be fucking... That's what I thought. Like, yeah. this guy is a, you know, has been chosen by God or something because... Yeah. <laughs> he rose he says, like Christ. Yeah. Arnold Feeney's outside. Cars just fucking hands Barton a sword and they run after him like they're going to follow this guy. Um, so the lightning is continuing. It's starting to pick up. Steven, he wraps the chain around a tree, wraps it around and puts the chain making contact with itself. I don't know how else to say that. He holds it taut. When the tree is miraculously stuck, uh, struck by lightning, the energy from the lightning goes through the tree into the chain and then is manages to sear the chain in half. Yeah, like melts one of those links. <laughs> yes. How's this guy uh, not fucking dead? I, he's, I guess he's, yeah, he's fine somehow. And the chain is then released. Yeah, it's cool. Caught like, it just don't make no sense. He would have caught like 1,500 volts to the dome, dude. <laughs> he mm-hmm. He's he actually smarter now. Piece yeah. of bacon. Mm-hmm. So this frees him. Uh, Martin, he's up on the top of the tower. He's confronting Arnold Feeney. He basically says, I have your son. Arnold Feeney says, yeah, bullshit. Show him. Or show me. Uh Martin runs down to try to get Steven, but Steven's ta- uh, he's gone. He's actually now throwing smoke bombs around, creating a fu- bunch of chaos inside the castle. How does he put all this stuff together? He's just, well, he's that smart from the lightning. Like, it's just amped up. <laughs> this is like fucking Heisenberg level. Yeah, like, well, he's about problem to Problem solving. He's about to have one more weapon here in a minute that is... It, Truly it is impressive. the coolest weapon we've had on the show. Uh, so, yeah, he's throwing the smoke around. Martin and crew, they go after him. Because basically, the, Martin's deal is like, oh, if I can offer up Steven, you know, maybe Arnold Feeney will let me go. So they're chasing after Steven. They leave Summer to watch the front gate. Uh, Steven, he hides just as a classic, like, around a corner while the rest of the gang run right by him. Can't say me. He, he runs back up to the gate to attack Summer. Now, he attacks Summer with a handheld rocket spear. Mm-hmm. Uh, he manages to light the fuse on this thing as Summer runs towards him. While well, it's this pouring thing, rain. It's pouring rain. But notice, remember, Steven has just a shit ton of very fast fuses on him. shoots this fucking rocket thing like right into his face like through his the eye hole of his helmet uh steven runs over he's able to open the gate this allows the arnold feeney army to charge in uh cars comes back to the square he starts trying to fight off the guys they stab him mm, 30 40 times with a shit ton of spears Mm-hmm. Real slow death for this guy. Um, Meal is on some stairs. He's trying to run up and find Martin. At this point, he sees Bruno Kirby come down the stairs and die right in front of him. He's about to be overtaken by Arnold Feeney's men. He turns his sword on himself and runs into a wall. 
kind of a medieval Harry Carey there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You th- could you stab yourself like that? I mean, the samurai did it all the time, didn't they? Are they going to um, rape me? Yeah. Probably. Well, I don't yeah. know if they were going to rape you. I was going to say, would you stab yourself or would you jump off of a tower? You're not going to die if you jump off that tower. You jump off the tower holding the sword into your There you go. Abdomen. We figured it out. We did it. <laughs> then when you land, it will push right in. Yep. Um, oh, actually, no. If you, you put the sword like this on your neck mm-hmm. and you hold it like, so then you, you know, so you kind of behead yourself when you hit the ground. Yeah. It's All like right, a... Martin- it's like a double safe procedure because mm-hmm. if you survive the fall, hopefully the sword will kick in mm-hmm. and, and do the trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you could jump off of a very tall building and then shoot yourself in the head, that'd mm-hmm. be the right. Yeah, yeah, because the fall for or the the it's not the fall that kills you. Obviously, it's hitting the pavement. That's definitely going to kill you, but the terror of the fall, the release of the quick bullet to the head, but if there's a misfire, you got to have a backup plan with your suicides here, people. Mm-hmm. What a dark episode. <laughs> Martin finds Agnes in the closet. He releases her. He starts fucking toying with her. He's swiping at her with his sword. Steven comes in. He's got. He's still got this big chunk of the chain hanging off of his neck he's out of rocket spears and smoke bombs uh he's about to attack when the cardinal intervenes he comes at steven with a candelabra um when grabbing the candelabra it it let loose a a, a lit candle which lit some curtains so now the inside of this castle is starting to catch a flame Uh, martin's starting to force himself on agnes She's resisting. He starts to choke her with like the veil from like the bed. Yeah, this starts is saying second time David Carradine busted while watching this movie. <laughs> He's talking about how she would have been a pretty bride and all that shit. He's starting to choke her. Um, Stephen, he's still fighting with the cardinal. He gets his chain. He throws it up. He's he able to is he grabs the statue of Saint Martin and is able to. Like, Scorpion, get over here. The statue down on top of the Cardinal. Real fitting death. Uh, Martin, he's continuing to to choke Agnes when Steven shows up. He jumps up behind Martin and starts to choke Martin with his own chains. They're wrestling around. Rucker Hauer is obviously way more physically capable than this poor little guy. It's, it's sad. Um... They end up in the tub. Martin gets the upper hand. He's pushing his fucking boot into Steven's chest and pulling the chain. Sort of a reverse choke there. And then pushing him into the, the bath water. Uh, Agnes is able to come up behind him and smash a bottle over his head. This releases Steven real quick. They slip away. But Jesus Christ, Rucker Hauer's hard to kill. Uh, he still comes back. Uh... The place is now definitely on fire. Hawkwood shows up. He finds Stephen and Agnes. Uh, 
He's trying to get him out. Martin is right about to approach him, and then a rafter falls. Of course. So we assume, or they assume, oh, Martin's definitely got to be dead. So Hawkwood, Stephen, and Agnes, they take off. We're outside. We see Father George. He's with the uh, little drummer boy. The mom and the other prostitute, they're like, what are you going to do? And now Father George is like all about science and shit. He says, science never stands still. He's going to cut the swellings. It's Christian now. Yeah. It's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkwood's like, yep, you got your kid back, fuck off, and just takes off, no goodbye, nothing, just bolts off. Uh, Stephen tells Agnes that you were right about the, the mandrake. They, they have a little kiss, they're good to go. While they're kissing, Agnes looks off in the distance, and you guessed it, Martin's alive and well, he's climbing down a tower. Everybody fucks off, Martin walks off into the smoke. That was flesh and blood. I feel like she would be bummed out seeing that Martin has lived through all this. She's probably turned on. Seems yeah. like the story. She's going to use it later. Yeah, the story could just keep going from here. More. Yeah, uh, where's, where's flesh and blood too, man? We got. I guess. Uh, yeah, that was Showgirls. No. Oh. <laughs> It's a much better movie. Oh, Quran. Exposing your boobs. Uh, Bones, congratulations. Big round of applause for um, most frontal nudity in five-day rentals history. This one? If that was a, a, a competition we were having. I wasn't aware. Of course it is. Well, I mean, I guess Slumber Party Massacre is all rear. Savage Streets got a few scenes. Yeah. I and I really got to vet these movies more. I need to I need to go MXP a little bit. Let me go PG again. I feel just too to, dirty with these picks. You need to repent, man. Oh, yeah, what, I need to flog. What did you expect from a Verhoeven medieval movie? Oh, I knew what I was getting into. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, Dan, you got any trivia for us? Uh, he kind of covered some, uh, upon further research, gentlemen, uh, flesh and blood was released August 30th, 1985, a budget of 6.5 million, uh, quickly went over budget due to, um, weather actors, all that. Not enough highlighters to mm-hmm. draw lightning. Yeah, there you go. Um, it was delayed, so it only got a few theater, actual theatrical releases. They're saying the return was only like around a hundred K, which they're not really sure. Hmm. So yeah, that it was not a, a hit. Sounds like somebody pocketed a lot of money to me. (laughs) All right. Uh, also... This was a uh, pretty big movie that was inspired by The Wild Bunch from uh, 1969, if you couldn't tell. A band of mercenaries there. All right. Uh, Orion Pictures, they were the ones that wanted to add in the love story 
they said they would fund the picture because he was having trouble finding funding. And I guess he didn't want the, the was it the Netherlands to, to fund? Because they were constantly telling him what he could and could not do. So he wanted another source of funding so he could pretty much do whatever he wanted. And they said, we'll fund it as long as you add in a love story. And he recently, well, had stated, like, he never messed with your original story. And it was never supposed to have uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's whole between two lovers things in there. Is that the it's a thinly defined love story? <laughs> a yeah, that's woman a love who, interest. who gets raped and kidnapped. Yeah, I, that seems like a kind of an integral part as far as the the motivation for Steven to go after. Uh, he had to redo a lot of stuff yeah, to so add that, in there. Yeah, that was just the mercenaries major. going back after the dude that uh, screwed him. Yeah, which I think would have probably worked a lot better. Um, Nancy Cartwright is the voice of Bart Simpson. She is in this movie somewhere. I'm not sure who she is. She's, She's a little a, drummer boy. <laughs> yeah. She's in another movie we watched as well. Which yeah. one is that? Maximum Overdrive, dude. Mm-hmm. We'll never see the light of your ears, listeners. No. Um, but other than that, yeah, Bones pretty much covered a lot of stuff. Jennifer Jason Lee was 23 at the time. Um age 13 to 14 to 15 is when they were allowed to marry in the year 1501 in the middle ages. So, uh, is she good in this? I've never liked her as an actress. Honestly, I really haven't. She is infuriating and hateful late. Yeah. I don't like, so it's in a good way. I feel like it really makes you hate her, but we also watched or, well, I don't think we watched the new season because I just, she's the wife in that atypical show on Netflix. And I just, I'm like, oh, she annoys the shit out. I don't know. I just don't like her as an actor. I'm sure she's a great fucking person. Yeah. And to endure this where she's nude half the time, fully yeah. nude half the time, I'm, I give it up to her. I mean, like I said. But other than that, man, I mean, that's it. That's all I really got. There's some more stuff out there. Uh, this was the sixth time I think uh, him and Rutger worked together. Damn. They kind of came came up together in uh, in Dutchland over there. So, and then yeah, he went on fucking RoboCop after that, and the rest is history. And now he's got a new movie out in theaters now, where uh, nuns are doing blasphemy in each other. So, go check that out. Badass. Well, is it time? I think it's time. It's time. Rate my box. Uh, I'm gonna give. Oh, he's jumping into oh, it. Holy shit! shit. Goddamn. Wow. Let me get my, my pen. notes here. Jesus Christ! Goddamn. Let me do a grid. Cena was at 11 o'clock, and he's like, I'm excited to go to bed. Yep. <laughs> hey, we just got to get through the end of this thing, and then... Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm going to give Bones 2.5. I'm going to give Dan a 2. Okay, guys. America's favorite game. Rate my letterbox here. Um, I am giving Bones a 3.0. And I'm going Kron. I'm going to go 2.0 for Kron. Bonesosaurus. Yeah, Dan 2.5. Cron 2.5. All right. Uh, <clears throat> to dust off an old gym from our prior episode. Guys, I think this would have been a better Tales from the Crypt episode than a feature-length film. Uh, cut this thing down. It's got... Quite a bit of bloat to it. Um, I think I'm going to be at a two on this. I think the movie is shot really well. Um, I think most of it looks pretty decent. Uh, to me, it's just kind of boring. You don't really have like a major uh, character that you're rooting for for most of the movie. Uh, I honestly did at the end think I just kind of hope all these people get the plague and die. And that'll be the end of the film. Um, so yeah, looks really good, but there just wasn't a lot in it that kept me interested in a way. So, 2.0. All right. Um, there are a lot of things in this film that I'm, I'm with. I'm there. I'm like, yes, I like it. Um... But as soon as they get to uh, what's his name into the castle where he's chained up, I think it's just kind of like a, a big back and forth of if Rutger Hauer is going to be a villain, if he's going to be a hero. I think there is some establishing issues there. And that does Howard didn't want to be a bad guy. He was fucking taken off. So. He didn't want to be a character that was raping and pillaging. He thought that was going to hurt his career. So I think it kind of loses a little steam at the end. Like Kron said, I think you can cut 30 minutes and this would be a fucking fun film. Uh, so I'm going to go with 2.5 here. Like I said, there's some good stuff that's fucking cool. And I think if they would have just stuck with that. Like I said, and once I read the, the initial... They weren't. They wanted him to add the love story thing. I was like, "Oh man, that that would have been badass if it was just a straight on, pretty much revenge flick." I guess. So two point five for for me. Fellas, I about halfway into this one, I I, I felt fairly confident. I was like, I I don't think this is is gonna hit for them. I think it's. Might be a little choppy, you know. There's nothing really to bite into. I was like, okay, there's, you know, what what's it trying to do? I don't know. Second time I watched this to do notes, there were several 
five, 10 minute chunks there where I just stopped taking notes and I was like engrossed in this thing, sitting right here in this chair, watching it for a second time. And it just, it cruised for me. Something clicked. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I got to go 3.5 on this. Uh, I think it really sort of encapsulates like how awful life would have been back there. Um, how to survive. You got to be willing to be shitty. And in a way, like the thing I liked about Hawkwood is this guy who had like, so, we, it doesn't take very long to establish like a moral code with him. And then it's immediately used against him. Um, I don't know. So I, I 3.5 on this, that might change, but it it was a solid, enjoyable watch for me. Um, and you, we know I'm, I'm the nicest of the three. You know, I'm not the cutest, you know, or, or smartest, you know, or whatever. But so 3.5. Yeah. No, 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 no. You you were the no. mean one. Kron has been... The lower guy here lately. Lower ranker. You uh, rank you ranker. We letter boxed user rating as uh, at this time for this review is a three point three. I think we're pretty close. Uh this movie would have a score from us of 2.67. It would be, let's see, number 25 on the big list out of 45. It would be right under The Hunger and right above Masterminds. Okay. Bones picks. Three... Three solid bones choices right there floating in the boring of the, the big list. Hey, 25's uh, not bad, man. Yeah. 20, 27 would be the Phantom. <laughs> 31 is Ice Road. What a dullard. All right. Uh, rate my letterboxed. Our scores, Kron, you got a point five today. Took it on the chin this round. Yeah. Like wine from a bottle. Uh, Dan, you and I both got a 1.5. Dan, yeah, you you need to have some good games. Well, I don't know. You were, what, three points behind? We'll see. Crown will tell us. It was only like one, wasn't I? Yeah, so at the end of this, uh, Bones would be in the lead with 11 points. Dan and I would be tied at 10. Interesting. Fuck, I almost went 3.5 on you. Always add a point five to what you're going to give Bones. Yeah. I want to go back and look at... Bones' highest-rated movies are the ones that he's picked. <laughs> I mean, why would I pick movies that I wouldn't want to watch too? Like, I mean, I've I think I've rated stuff low, right? That I've watched. Probably. Yeah, watch me, you weren't. Watch uh, me roll through here and be like, no. You rated Hunger. I think you had like a two point five. 
Yeah. He gave MXP a 2.5 versus 1.5 and 0.5. Mm-hmm. It's still atrocious, 8.5 for MXP. Oh, uh, you, you did rate Slumber Party Massacre lower than both me and Dan. Nah, but he yeah. brought it up whenever we did a rewind show. Yeah. Yeah, he brought it up, but... I'm, I'm, I, you made a movie. You get two points for me. Like, I... <sighs> That's what, what I start at. What do you give Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I think I gave it a point five or a one. Like, yeah, yeah point five. It lost points. He definitely gave that a point five. Do we have anything else to do? I need mean, we need to get out of here and and talk about next week. So, what is this? Is your guy's screen flashing? Nope. Mm-mm. No. Nobody's trying to get into the chat real quick. Did you invite somebody yeah. else? No, I didn't invite anybody. Could it There's, There possi- should have been an, another possi- invite sent out, I thought. Yeah, possibly a director coming in to chit-chat. I don't know. Let's close this up and and see if maybe one of you click and, and, and prompt him. Oh, there it is. Let me click on it. Hello? You fucking dirty douche. Oh, God damn. Shit. How? How long? Oh, I'm this sorry. happened last time I was here, Paul. and you still. It's a. Did I'm the on update. the goddamn. I'm on the press tour, right? For, yeah, for the for, new movie. For my biggest movie in 20 fucking years, and for you don't. Uh, the press tour for Flesh and Blood, you're still going? Yes, we're doing a remaster for <laughs> this. I said, uh, the, I'm. I'm returning to my roots with a real nun, not this Benedita who's like a lesbian. I'm bored with this now. <laughs> yeah, you man, did I this, did the, you dirty dudes did this shit again. I did the I, Zoom update, so I'm not used to the new features, man. Ah, uh, man. Okay. Well, this is all ruined because it's into the show, and nobody even listens this far. Nobody listens to this okay show. Oh, yeah. Everybody that's, listens, man. That's they got to figure out what's coming up next. Mm-mm. Anyway, how's the press uh, tour going? It's exhausting. Where mm-hmm. are you at right now? Uh, we are in Belgium. Oh, you're almost mm-hmm. home, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's the new movie? It's getting good it's very reviews. very early in the morning. Luckily, I'm an old guy. So you're, you're up early anyway? Yes. I said, uh, how's the new movie? I said, it's getting pretty good reviews. Yes, it's amazing. It's it's me taking the pish out of uh, Christianity. There's going to be titch. Always. You guys see it? You guys watch it yet? Not yet. I haven't got a chance. It's not even in my city until tomorrow. Hmm. That's how you know it's good, right? Yeah. They like pish it out now. I mean, just do video on demand. I've yes, already watched it. You lose the experience. Nah, I, I think I could see nuns' tits on my computers. It's not the shame if you're not there with your mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. You got to be in a, in a crowd of people when you look yes. at sexually subversive yes. material. Do you think? Have you got any walkouts yet? Yes. Did you had to have walkouts on Flesh and Blood? I mean, come on. 
Mm. No, people were much cooler in the 80s. There's no cancel culture. and You could do, hell, I did whatever I want. Might so have this... had a couple of fall asleeps in the theater, though. Yes. A little it's, laggy it's, on I, the end. I, I, I don't know why you two think that. It actually moves at what I would say, or some people say, at, at a clip. Well, you watched it probably 10,000 times, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, um... I forgot what I was going to fucking ask you. Jesus. Well, it's, uh, I've been here for two hours. You could have done research, brought me in first. We talk about it. Well, you I mean, politely the, kick me out versus sh- uh, shit here. Flesh I'm not blood. doing this again. I'm not. You're coming. You watch back. another one, I'm not coming. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll call Palma you. was on last week. We'll call you in when we want to talk to you. How about that? 700 downloads. It's amazing. It really is. Anyway, this was your first American adventure into film, and it, it I read that it almost made you quit, like, being a director. This country shocks. You know that, right? Like, your Hollywood, it shocks ash. Belgium? But it's still slightly better. Well, virtually, where... Who's listening in Belgium to this, right? Sure. The proverbial this, where you two fucks, is... We cover international films here on the Five Day Rentals podcast. Yes. Occasionally. Hey, uh, was this in Eastern Europe or was it in Italy? There's been some debate. It says at the beginning of the movie, Western Europe, 1501. It's vague purpose. Okay. All right. Dan claims it. it's all set in Italy. Because of the octopus? The yeah. octopus. I guess they're yeah. Catholicism. This confused, this confused me and uh, Rucker got a big fight over octopus mm-hmm. over this. Yeah. That was probably that was probably the 15th time he punched me. <laughs> oh, you guys came to physical blows, huh? Yes. I threw him down the well. We had to go back and rewrite that because he was down there for a few days. Oh, you just like decided to use it since you'd already tossed them in there? Yes, we were already show behind on the budget. The good thing about the big Hollywood movie, though, is you shoot 85% of it, right? Then you mm-hmm. don't shoot the 15 you really need. Then you, you give big puppy dog eyes to the fat guys and you say, hey, I got to make the rest of the movie. And then they understand. I figured in 85, you showed them this, and they were like, yes, give us more, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah but we're, we're not cutting we, a frame out of this thing. Yeah, add more, please. Yes. And then I went and overdid it for the next few movies, you know, shooting the shit out of a guy and, you know. Did you... Sh- did you notice, like, uh, I tortured a guy a little bit here, and then I really fucking tortured a guy next time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, kind of it's learned, just feeling it. Yeah. Learned a few lessons on this I one. Dipped, that... Yeah, I dipped my toe into a torture, and then next just went way fucking overboard, so I had to, you know, tone it back. Yeah. Well, you guys seem no, not into this, not very prepared. You both seem tired. <sighs> That's fine. It's 4.30 in the morning here in Belgium. Paul, uh, we love you. 
We're just this not is, allowed to really discuss. This is nice. This is know. an emotion I do not understand. I only understand uh, sex. So, do you sex me? Uh, we sexed you very much, sir. That's okay. Then I appreciate this. Yeah, we uh, referred to you as Paul's sex guy on the previous episode. So. Yeah. We you might. either shex me or you violence me. You I either think, she me naked or you hit me with a fucking sword. I think mm-hmm. Br- Brian De Palma called you that last week. De Palma? Yeah. Fucking I pervert. <laughs> I think he called you a pervert. I mean, it was weird. Why didn't you guys ever uh, team up in the 80s? You know how they they would do like a... Uh, like what a to- film. Like Tobe Hooper and Romero got together and made that anthology thing and... Like there were all these horror anthologies. Why didn't you and just be and, a porn? Yeah, just just hook up on an erotic picture. Well, because and, I would, I would, uh, you know, just mentally berate an actress to get her to show her tits, <laughs> and De Palma would say, "Now let's shoot that through a camera, through another camera," and I've wasted all of my effort to get this woman to show Bush, and you want to show through grainy black and white. Uh, you know, Shoney, I don't want to see this. So we would not agree on which uh, medium to show uh, the schmutt. Mm-hmm. This I, would be the biggest uh, problem. Show. I think perverts would have united for that. Yeah, the but Palmo would just get lazy and leave a camera and say, "Oh, this is really intimate," and you get the foreground and the background. I'm, I have, I actually a professional frame. Like, so this was the first time I did not uh, storyboard the movie. Yeah, and I read and, that. and this movie's geography makes more sense than uh, most movies made now today with uh, you know previs and all this bullshit. So, sure, we're we're talking about skill, right? And well, uh, BD, BDP ain't got no skill. It's no subtlety. It's just it's lace. I I think if we're yes. talking about the geography of this film, though, it's broadly Western Europe. So. Wow never really <laughs> nail down a location you just kind of okay flip the it's Eng, maybe it's not an english thing Cron- okay the, there's Cron- filmmaking the Black Plague there's lo- has no boundaries filmmaking there's location there's uh shedding and then there's ge- is this a word geography yeah that's an american word oh american okay like fud ruckers it's a hamburger joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I right. learned this. I learned this word. You a fig Fud Ruckers guy? Hey, were you, were you slamming some Fud Rucker burgers when you were promoting Benedetta? <laughs> I seen the TikTok of a person oh, at the Fud Ruckers, and you're pretty with the times there, Paul. Well, you must be. It's, uh, it's I go back all the way to Western Europe, fifteen hundred, and stay up to date and. Uh, Wherever we are now, I don't know. You got uh, any other projects lined up after uh, after this one? After this? Well, obviously, this being a sexual exploitation and takedown of uh, Catholicism and the hypocrisy and Love all of this. Yeah. My next movie is probably going to be like a shark movie, some sort of like beach thing, you know. Sure. Try to balance it. Yeah. Let's Let's get one more fun one in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Robocop or, versus shark or something? Yeah. Just, just, just fuck. It just, you know, Tarantino talks about, you know, when you get to a certain age, you can't be a director anymore. Let's, like, make sure he's correct. <laughs> so, 
been to Dede's a fluke, and then the next one would just be, you know. You think your Oscar's coming this time around? No. Really? No, I don't. At this point, I don't want it. You know. Yeah, they're just gonna give it to some piece of shit anyway. It's like when you find out that your friends are having a party and they haven't invited you yet, and at a certain point you twist and you say, "I don't want to even be invited now anyway," but you do. But then you don't have a spite. It's it's what it is. So I figured it wasn't a naked woman statue, so you were probably against it. Nah, I would like a BAFTA because that sounds dirty. <laughs> Okay, I do got to go, though. It's, uh, you know. Four in the morning, we know, Paul. Mm-hmm. It's cool. We're sorry. I'm sorry about what I said. Yes, we said everything. Yeah, I'll know. be back. I'm sorry. It's an okay show. You guys are nice. It's, it's, it's the COVID, uh, the Zoom, and all of this. And, you know. Yeah, he just, just the way the world is now. Some people just walk through the house doing this for a week. And then if they didn't get to do it, they'd be upset. That's all. You know, a lot of our other guests, they just burst right in. Yes, I want to be in. Yes, it's. I'm European. You, it's you got po- the we're polite. You just okay. come in, and we will bow down upon your presence, sir. What but are you guys Paul, watching next week? Uh, we'll get there. You just need to listen about another uh, f- five more minutes. Um, okay. I, I was gonna. St- just note that I know one guy that had to walk around for a week dreading the character he had to do. So different approaches, I'd right. say. It's, it's, there's two sides, there's sex, there's violence, there's... That's it. There's uncomfortable characters, and then there's characters that you half work out, but you just sort of do, and it's fun. <laughs> he created his own... And bed. then there's Benedetta, which is coming to theaters and, uh, you know... AMC movies, it's it's alive and well. Nicole Kidman, she's telling us to go. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Verhoeven, uh, worldwide famous director. Love him, guy. Uh, Love all your work. Go see his new movie. Uh, Watch Flesh and Blood exclusively here, only on the Five Day Reynolds podcast. Can you hear his commentary? Hmm. Love you, Paul. Did I miss Paul again? Yeah. Yeah. He missed Verhoeven. Did he fucking yell at you guys? So that's what that thing was on the screen. Yeah, he's trying to get in. I didn't see it. Yeah. Have you guys picked... Have we done after showers yet? Sorry. No, no. I know I was gone for a while. He came in. Okay. Just drinking so much water, man. All right. Well, let's do that. Let's get out of here. I got to keep my fucking mouth moist, man. Yeah, especially this for movie got me hot and bothered. Verhoeven movie, yeah. All right, well, guys, that was Flesh and Blood. Paul Verhoeven, his second appearance, literally his second appearance on the show. Of course, I missed it. What a bummer. Uh, this is where we leave you, but stay tuned. We'll be back. Dan will reveal his pick to finish up this round. Listener, I've been Bones for Dan and Kron. Crash and burn. Get the plague. Crash and burn.
All right, that was an interesting movie for an interesting category. Dan, why don't you round us out? It's time for you to reveal here on the After Showers. What's our next pick? Ah, gentlemen, I don't really know what this category is. Still some some confusion in the air, but, you know. How how are you confused? Kron, relax. We're fine. We're going to get there. So I... um, I watched a film that I thought was going to be a rebuttal to Pinocchio's Revenge since Kron has threatened Pinocchio's Revenge for months now. And I decided to watch the movie to see if it needed to be picked for this. And I decided, no, that that's not the course of action that we're, that I'm going to take. I'm going to go a different route. Um, Kron, you can expose that pick if you'd like, or if we want to keep it in the bank. Oh, we'll, we'll keep it in the bank. I'll just I'll bring it up on the pre-record every week and and remind you how you watched Ruined a movie him. I had selected <laughs> that I didn't know you selected. <laughs> but okay, all right. Um, so I decided to go different routes and bring in. A pick, Bones, well, Kron took us where the f- to Tampa, Florida, I believe. Hey, That's I'm shoddy. I don't, want to, I don't want to interrupt. I'm uh, still in the chat. Did you get, you guys got to hit the end button. You you could just hit leave. There's a big hit, button at the top that says Oh, leave. I don't touch anything. Right. I, they shit me down here. I got to get to the next thing. Like, I got variety interview. I got... Uh, you so could, you can you guys hit the button? Well, you also could just walk away from the microphone. This is this is the press. This is how we do press now. You're at the press thing right now. Yeah, okay. as we do it on the computer. Oh, okay. Bones, can you get Mister? Yeah, I got it. Sorry. Very, there you go. All right. All right. Sorry, Dan. What were you saying? Jeez, this guy. World famous that guy. Anyway. So I did decide to, uh, Kron took us to Tampa, Florida there. Bones took us to Italy or slash Western Europe. Western Europe, in, yeah. In 1501. And uh, gentlemen, I'm taking you to Mexico, okay? And uh, we're going to do a little film from 2006. So a little a little further up there. Um Directed by a total piece of shit. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Apocalypto. It is streaming on Prime and Tubi at the moment, so you're welcome. I figured Mel Gibson, He, I think he was brought up in maybe Pinocchio's Revenge. I believe so. I believe yes. his... Infamous phone calls were referenced. Yeah. So. Hey, pumpkin tits. <laughs> sugar tits, right? <laughs> I sugar think that's yeah, sugar tits. <laughs> well, thanks, Dan. You're going to fuck up my YouTube feed for a while as I just deep dive into Mel Gibson. It's a great movie. Uh, it is a fucking good movie. 
Terrible guy. Great movie. <laughs> I think Kron he have, switched the order. <laughs> terrible guy, great movie. Yeah, it goes the, the other way, right? <laughs> great movie, terrible dude. <laughs> have you seen this, Kron? Yeah, I think I actually saw this in theaters before everyone hated Mel Gibson. So yeah, um, yeah, I saw this in the theater, but I don't think I've watched it. You know, since that initial release. So it's been a few years for me as well. But uh, no man can outrun their destiny. So. Uh... This how goes is, into the Mayan times. How is this a rebuttal to Pinocchio's Revenge? It's not a rebuttal. I explained that to you. The movie that I watched last night it's, the, was we my had the, rebuttal. Verhoeven kind of interrupted that whole thing. He was going on about he was going to do it, and then it didn't work out. The other film was my rebuttal. Then right. I changed courses and went to this one. Okay. Okay. That's a good pick, man. I'm 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 ready. Yeah, it's a good time, man. I love I love this one. Uh... And you also love Mel Gibson, right? Nah, Mel Gibson's a piece of shit, guys. He's terrible. But he is directing Lethal Weapon Five coming our way. So I guess he's back. I don't know. I do Is feel like there's so, so many worse people than Mel Gibson, you know? Like in terms of what they've actually done. Yeah, dude. How are you going to say he's back when he never left? <laughs> Apparently, Kron's on the pro-Gibson train here, guys. <laughs> hey, let him start drinking again. <laughs> I mean, didn't RDJ said we got to forgive him? I guess he made that Christian movie and then I guess everybody was like, okay. Hacksaw Ridge or some shit. Never Still a pretty good movie. Never Still all right. It. Still Didn't okay. he make like a paparazzi movie or something? I think he produced it. Okay. I believe it was like his hairdresser or something. <laughs> like it was their idea. And he was like, that's actually a pretty good idea. And then produced it. I think it had a. It's that redhead dude from. I'll we'll talk about it. I'll do research. Cole Hauser. That's the guy's name. I don't know what you guys are... get to Garingo? No, he made. I think it's called like Paparazzi. It's called Paparazzi. Or... Yeah, yeah. How yeah. else? Is it Cole Hauser and is it Tom Sizemore? Oh, <laughs> shit. Another fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a movie of. It, it's exclusively made up of like canceled people. You want to see Harvey Weinstein and Tom Sizemore? But yeah, guys. Right, I mean, right? Fucking Mayan fucking civilization. That's ancient, right? It is it, ancient. It is pretty, uh, it's, it's old. All right. So, there are a few others. I was going to make you watch Barry Lyndon, but I decided not to. Oh, thank Christ. Oh, thank God, dude. <laughs> Jesus. 
I know you I, guys if you wanted that. to do the note taking on it, by all means, that'd be easy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Barry uh, stands in a field for twenty five minutes. <laughs> Barry gets on a horse and rides to another castle. Dude, okay, so I'm looking at paparazzi here, right? Oh God! All right, it does have Cole Hauser. It also has Dennis Farina. <laughs> oh shit! Um. Does not only does it have Tom Sizemore, it has somebody who you could easily get confused for Tom Sizemore, and that's Daniel Baldwin. Mm, I think like, we need to watch this movie. Yeah, I think we need to. Dan, call a, pigeonhole this in. Call an audible if you want. And yeah. Switch us over to paparazzi. <laughs> no, dude, it's even got the guy who played the prosecutor in Pinocchio's Revenge. Oh wow. shit. He's ancient, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, writing down paparazzi. Cron already is. <laughs> All right, Dan, get us out of here. All right, y'all, join us next week for uh, Apocalypto from 2006, directed by Mel Gibson. Follow along with us uh, streaming on Prime and Tubi. This episode was Flesh and Blood, directed by Paul Verhoeven from 1985. We got all kinds of episodes out there. Go fucking listen to them. Tell your fucking friends. Rate us on Apple. Um, Help out the show. We'll help you out. Uh, Comment on Letterboxd. Follow us on Letterboxd. Social medias, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Fucking, we love you guys. Thanks for the support. But fucking give us some feedback, please. If you make it this far. Uh, Crash and burn. Buddies forever. I think you just only minimize the window. God I don't think you got to hit the it's a X. I think I like Nate Hands more than this guy. <laughs> <laughs>